Welcome to Hot Mom Habits, the ultimate podcast for moms who want to prioritize their health and wellness while doing all the things. I'm your host, Natalie Schwartz, certified health coach, postpartum fitness instructor, and mom of three. I'm here to help you establish healthy habits and maintain a balanced lifestyle, so let's get into it. Okay, Laura, I'm so excited to have you on the podcast. Thank you so much for coming on. Thank you so much, Natalie. I'm so excited to be here with you today. Oh gosh, we are going to get into some good stuff. And I feel like this is going to be helpful for so many women in relationships, whether you're married or not married, but you're in a relationship with someone. So you are a relationship coach specifically for wives, which I find so interesting because I think it is so needed. I would love for you to tell us or the audience a little bit about yourself and how did you sort of transition into this field that you're in right now? Sure. Thank you. Um, Gosh, I forget who said it, but I have heard it said that so often research is actually me search. And I know that that's definitely the case for me. Um, When I, so I've been with my husband for about 15 years now. Oh my gosh. (laughs) So it's been a little while. So, Mm -hmm. you know, things always, you know, it starts out, it's the honeymoon phase. And then, um, you know, we got married and then started to have kids, you know, started our family and life starts to get real, right? It starts and and then the romance and the la-di-da passion, all that starts to dwindle and dishes and, um, you know, Childcare and all of the things start to come and really changes the dynamics of the relationship, right? And that was exactly what happened to me. And I found myself at one point just really wondering um, what happened to us. You know, mm-hmm. we used to be so close. We used to, um, it used to be just such an awesome relationship. And now um, it got to a point actually where honestly, I was feeling really lonely. And um, I was feeling very resentful, very unappreciated. And I knew, Natalie, I knew all the things that he needed to do to to make it all better. You know, (laughs) I knew exactly what he should do. And then I'd be happy. You know, if he was only a little more, attentive and more helpful and um, more romantic, then everything would be perfect. Yes. Um, But yeah, I found myself where no matter what I said to him, he would try. I, you know, I want to give him credit. He would try for like a day or two and then go back to just the same old um, patterns and routines that we had slipped into over the years. And I think that that's important to note because I think that that is so common, like especially when kids come into the picture or you've been with somebody for a long time, you do find yourself sort of getting complacent and you do have to work at it. I've been with my husband for 10 years. We've been married for seven. No, we've been married for eight. It's always <laughs> one year more than Jack is. So, you know, so it it is true. Like you do get into just like a funk in a way sometimes, and you have to like get out of it. So go ahead, you keep going. But I just I feel for that. Yes, yes, thank you. And um I I think you know, just making this a conversation where it's not so um, taboo is so important because I know for me, I felt very isolated in this struggle. Uh, I would, you know, I had a couple close girlfriends that I would go to and they are amazing. You know, they just wanted to be supportive and empathize. Um, and and the the problem was that I found that where whenever I chose to share, Mm -hmm. um, the advice that I'd get back was kind of just feeding my resentment. So I would get back, um, you know, oh, you need to tell him to step up. Um, That's not right. You know, um, tell him to do X, Y, Z. And then I would 
get home all fired up and and tell him to do xyz and um that just never really worked in my favor you know and- i'm glad i'm glad that you said that because i can totally see that now and i feel like that's never clicked before but yeah it does it sort of reinforces your resentment or like how annoyed you are by that behavior your girlfriends of course are going to go yeah you're right he does need to do x y and z and I can can envision you getting home fired up like hey you need to blah 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 so right yes exactly and so what ended up happening is when I realized okay um you know every time I talk about this I end up feeling worse Um, I ended up feeling angry and kind of ashamed. Honestly, I felt quite ashamed that this was what I was dealing with. And so I stopped talking about it altogether. And then I started to just feel really isolated and wonder what is wrong with me? Why can't I figure this out? Everyone else has marriage figured out. Why can't I figure it out? And that was what led me to start reading books, so many books, you know, listening to advice right and left, just trying to... um, what do they call it when you just throw things at the wall to see what sticks yeah you know reading all the articles and there was a lot of conflicting advice and I was really confused and I think I was putting my husband through a roller coaster ride of all different experiments that I was trying and the harder that I tried because I was getting more and more frustrated and disappointed um things were just getting more and more distant between us. Mm -hmm. And um, I'm glad that I didn't give up though, because I did end up finding something that was super, super helpful. And I think the distinction between what wasn't helpful and what was, was the fact that what finally ended up helping me was all about me. All of Mm. the other books and all of the other things I had read and looked into took for granted or assumed that my husband was going to be willing to take the quiz with me or to read the book or to do everything that was suggested there. And he was, you know, he was trying to be open to it, but, you know, it would stick for a day or two. And then I would just start picking at all the things that he wasn't following in the book. Mm -hmm. And then he'd just throw his hands up in exasperation and say, ah, I'm done with this, you know? Yeah. And so really, this was all about me learning a few key habits that I could tweak for myself. I didn't have to twist his arm to do anything. And then he responded to me so much better. Okay. What are that? What were those? So there are six, uh, they're called the intimacy skills by Laura Doyle. Okay. Um, so I'll run through what the six skills are, okay. but there's a lot that goes into each skill. Um, and there's cheat phrases that are amazing as well that really help. So the intimacy skills, they they really helped grow my confidence in myself. Mm-hmm. They helped grow my self-worth, which I had really lost track of through being married, you know, working like a workhorse for so many years, and then motherhood. I had really lost myself in that. So these skills helped me to find myself and really learn what self-love is, because that word self-love sounds wonderful. We all want it. We know we're supposed to have it, but it's so elusive. Like, okay, great. I know I'm supposed to love myself, but now what? How? Right? And so these skills taught me the how. That was the first part. The second part was that I knew, I knew, always knew that my husband was, is an amazing man, or I wouldn't have chosen him, right? I wouldn't have married him. I wouldn't have chosen to start a family with him. So I knew that deep down. But because of all of the years of disconnection and just life getting in the way, you know, the little nitty gritty things, um, the, you know, things like, financial disagreements or parenting disagreements, things that we couldn't get on the same page. I had just really disconnected from, we disconnected from each other, quite frankly. Yeah. I think that that, I, I mean, I've experienced that personally in my own marriage. And I think that so many women do because it, you know, and I'm thinking of a few 
in my head right now that I know personally that there is this disconnection when it comes to like how you want to parent or finances or what you should be doing. And it does sort of this resentment sort of builds because you feel not seen by that person or heard or that your opinion that is also valid or matters. And then it's like this fight. And I could see that that disconnection would really turn into that resentment. Yes, exactly. And I love that, um, that you're normalizing this because I, I know for me, it was just so much, um, I shamed myself for a long time. Mm -hmm. And just to say, you know, if anyone who's listening is feeling this way, that they're not alone um, and that there is a solution, right? That there's hope. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm, I'll run through the the six skills and then I'm sure that they'll kind of come up naturally too, as, as we speak. But first and foremost, I have to start here, uh, especially because this is something that you speak to so much, which is, I think why I'm so drawn to you and your membership as well. And that's self-care. Mm. And, you know, we hear all about self-care all the time, but here's the thing, the problems in my marriage and this is what I see with so many women as well. And even not just within my marriage, but any relationship. If I'm feeling depleted, drained, overworked, unappreciated, then it's going to be really, really hard for me to look over at my husband with any sense of joy if I'm feeling <laughs> <Yes>. this. <laughs> or compassion for them. Exactly. Because you're like, what the hell? Like, I'm so freaking tired. Like I'm like all these things. Yes. I've a hundred percent been there. Yes. Yes. Who hasn't. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, on the flip side of that, if I'm feeling like I just took awesome care of myself, if I feel like I'm living in a way that makes me feel really proud, if I'm treating myself like someone who loves themselves, then it's going to be so much easier to actually look at what my husband is contributing, how he's participating. What are the beautiful and wonderful things that he's bringing to my life? I can't see that otherwise. When I'm depleted, Mm -hmm. it's like there's a big fog all over my window shields, my uh, perspectacles, you know, if you want to call it that. And self-care is just like the windshield wipers that clears that up so I can actually see, see clearly. That makes so much sense. And that is such good advice because I do a hundred percent like can visualize that, like taking care of yourself because when you're not and you're overwhelmed and, and depleted or when like me and you have kids, multiple kids too, but like the little kids and it's overstimulating and like you sometimes don't care for yourself. It's like at the end of the day, you're so tired. You've been drugged through the mud. And then, (laughs) but I do notice on the days where it's like, okay, I've worked out. Like I've taken the shower where it's like, I've shaved my legs. I've shampooed my hair. I've done my (laughs) skincare routine. Like I can see how that would shift your perspective because you are showing up for you, making yourself feel, feel cared for. Yes, exactly. And you know, what's so interesting too, Men, okay, this is a generalization, but <laughs> that's okay. Men, <laughs> men tend to be really good at self care. Oh, for sure. Do you think that he worries of like what the baby's doing when he spends <laughs> 30 minutes in the bathroom? It's like, right? <laughs> girls, we're in and we're out because we know somebody needs us or we're anticipating somebody coming in, but it's like, what a life of luxury that you are just going to go take your time. <laughs> check in with yourself, you know? Exactly. And it just added to that bubbling river of resentment Mm. that I had that my husband, okay, my husband's a gamer. So I would look at him on the couch, my blood would boil and Mm. I'd be like, oh my gosh, I have to cook. I have to change the diaper and somehow, you know, manage all the things and work. And here he is um, on the couch playing video games. Mm -hmm. And so part of embracing self-care for myself has not only helped to shift from depletion to actually feeling excited for my own life again, but mm-hmm. it's also given me the given me the ability to give him space for his own self-care without resenting that from him. Mm-hmm. 
it's almost like a cue or a reminder if I see my husband doing a great job of his self-care instead of resenting that, I'll say, say to myself, oh, maybe that's a, a cue for me that I need to do self-care if I'm mm-hmm. looking over at him and feeling resentful. Mm-hmm. So um, so that's skill number one, right? Taking yeah. amazing care of myself. Um, skill number two is receiving graciously. How often, at least this, I, I did this so much, right? My husband would cook. He's an amazing cook. He's so good. But then leave, you know, this thick, thick oil all over the countertop and the dishes, a disaster and just everything turned upside down. And I actually said to my husband at one point, I'd rather cook because I clean as I go. And then I don't have to clean up this disaster after. Mm -hmm. So of course he stopped cooking. Yeah. And then I would cook. So he would clean up the the dishes, but he'd put everything in the dishwasher wrong. Like I'm talking cups upside down. This is my literal life. My husband, I'm like, who loaded the dishwasher? Our four-year-old? Like, why would you think to let the dishwasher this way? Like it's it's insane. Yes. I know. I hear you. I'm right there with you. I would open the dishwasher and the cups of water would be filled to the top because they were right side up instead of upside down. Mm -hmm. Um, So then I would, you know, be exasperated and be like, okay, look how you do it. Or I would, you know, redo it. But the problem with this is that when I was taking everything out that he did and redoing it was that I was communicating to him without words. Mm -hmm you are incapable, Mm, right? That was the subtext. And then why would he even bother then? So he didn't, he stopped. And so there was so many little tiny ways that I had contributed to the situation that I had. Mm -hmm. I wasn't receiving any help. And so to undo that and reconstruct the culture in our relationship that meant receiving receiving what he did even if it was you know beyond my mind (laughs) why it would be that way just accepting it and saying Mm -hmm. thank you and knowing you know that okay I'm right now it might feel like I'm settling but you know it, it would it would get better with um some more skills that I'll get to down the line. Yeah. Uh, but I had to start there. That was how I started to shift the relation, the the culture and the relationship. Oh, that's a good one. Okay. So receiving graciously, I can also put that into practice. I'm sure that I could, because you're, you are so right. And I know that like, I can see myself doing that in some instances where now I know he just defaults to me like you'll do it like I don't even want to try because I'm not going to do it right and that isn't good so thank you that's a good one (laughs) it's so natural though because we as women we are so we are quick we are on it right we know how to be efficient and multitask and we just expect everyone around us to be able to be at our level (laughs) You're right. It is. It's like we do expect them to be at our level and they are not. And that's okay. (laughs) Okay. This is good. This is like a mini therapy session for me. Hopefully it is for the audience as well. (laughs) Okay. Let's go to number three. All right. Number three and number four are actually very intertwined. Okay. So I'm going to, I'm going to talk about them together. Um, they are relinquishing control. Oh, <laughs> Jesus. That is a hard <laughs> ass one for me yes. to do. Okay. Keep going. Yes. I hear you. Me too. And respect. And they are very intertwined, although they're different, but they're intertwined because I cannot pretend to try to control my husband. And I was so good at trying to control him in ways that seemed really... um really sweet, really polite, but the control was still there. It was, it was under there and men are really good at sniffing that out. Right. At least my husband was, you know, I would say to him, 
you know what, uh, or delegate, right? I would, de and this was something that I heard everywhere. And it's, it makes sense, right? We need to delegate. We're a team, we're running a household, we're running a family. But the way that I was delegating was, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do X, Y, Z. So you're going to do ABC. And, you know, again, he might do it for a day or two, but then I had to be on top of him, making sure that he was keeping up, making sure that he was doing it the right way. And it just created this mom son dynamic. Mm. And so no wonder the passion and the romance, you know, died out because how can that exist when there's a mother son dynamic? Oh my gosh. Yes. I didn't even think of it that way. And that makes so much sense. Yeah. And then respect is very intertwined here as well, because I can't be respectful of anyone, not just my husband, but anyone, if I'm trying to control them. Because mm -hmm. anytime I'm trying to control anyone, the subtext is I'm better than you or you're not capable. So step aside. Mm -hmm. And so this was probably my heart, my hardest mm -hmm. one as well. Um, but really, this came down to trust because the partner that I chose, I want to be able to trust, right? And I, it, again, it goes back to that initial decision. Why would I have married someone and chosen to start a family with someone if I thought I couldn't trust them? So I really had to reconnect with that and say, okay, if I was capable at some point of trusting that he's capable of taking care of things, of doing things right, that he's smart, right? Mm -hmm. um, and And it's so funny because so many of the things that uh, that we women try to control and women that I speak to are, you know, when they kind of take a step back and think about, is this man actually smart and capable? They're like, yeah, you know, he's a CEO at a company or, he, mm -hmm. or he's a banker and I'm telling him how to budget yeah. or, you know, I'm trying to tell him how to drive. And he, he is a, uh, a trailer driver that yeah. that's his job. Right. But it's so hard to see that when we're so close when we're mm. so close to someone and living every single day right next to them. And so, um, you know, when I went back to work after my first child, I was working full time as a dental hygienist at the time. And he was working nights and weekends. He still does. And it was so terrifying for me to think that I was going to come home to find the baby, you know, still in the same diaper from the morning. Was she going to be fed? Was he going to just forget about her while he was playing his video games? You know, I had all of these ideas in my head and the work situation forced me to relinquish control, but you better bet that as soon as I was home, I put it on double duty. Mm-hmm. And it just contributed to this distance because who wants to feel controlled? Who wants to be around someone that's constantly looking at how they're doing things and judging, right? And that's exactly what um, I was doing. Yes, yes, I can I can feel that. Or like, uh, I wouldn't do it that way. Yes. You know? Like, uh, well, I wouldn't do it that way or just I'll, I'll do it. Like, just I got it, you know, exactly. like that that type of stuff. Oh, exactly. I'm so guilty. I am definitely guilty of all of this. <laughs> Me so. too, Natalie. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the thing. It sounds so benign, right? It sounds mm -hmm. so benign. Um, but really, and this is something that I learned um, from my mentor that just blew my mind, that helpful in wife language is actually disrespectful in husband language. Because mm -hmm. anything that's helpful that we see as helpful is actually the subtext is control, right? Or that's how they feel it. That's how they interpret it, is, is controlling. And that can be so hard to let go of, but it all comes down to choosing to not let the fear take over, to really step back and say, okay, really, what is it I'm so afraid of? Am I afraid he's going to, you know, he's so incapable, he's going to set the house on fire. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just really getting in touch with what am I afraid of here? And is it actually something that I can control? Because so much of it, I really can't control. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. All right. Um, skill number five is vulnerability. So for me, one thing that I really, really struggled with, and I hear this so much with 
other moms as well is really missing the date nights, missing the romance, you know, missing that connection Mm -hmm. that we sign up for when we get married, right? Mm -hmm. And so often that turns into you never spend time with me or why don't you ever want to spend time with me anymore? Mm -hmm. And really, if we look at what we're actually feeling, it's a combination of, at least for me, it was kind of a combination of slightly feeling rejected or forgotten Mm -hmm. or not seen as a woman anymore. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, I can sometimes take on this identity, which is a beautiful identity of mother, but lose the identity of woman. And I Mm -hmm. want to I don't want to splice up into different identities, right? I'm all of it all at once. And so really being able to say that vulnerably would be saying instead of accusing or um, criticizing or, yeah, accusing him of not wanting to spend time with me, which I don't really know that and I'm now putting words in his mouth, right? The truth is I miss him. That's the vulnerable way to say it. Mm, Yeah. You miss that connection. You miss him. Yes. Yes. Vulnerability also involves knowing my limits because as a mom, I take way too much on my plate sometimes. And then I don't know that I pass my limit until I'm already past it. And I'm already stressed and anxious and resentful and just super depleted. Right. So Mm -hmm. it's so important to know those limits before I even come close to them. And so for me, sometimes this looks like, okay, what is, what's most important, right? I want to make sure I'm taking care of myself. I'm, I want to make sure I'm exercising and uh, doing the things that make me really, really happy. And, you know, the, the very, the things that tend to sometimes tip me over the edge are for me personally, if I have like five birthday parties, I have to take the kids to in a single weekend. Mm-hmm. That's just, ooh, yeah. So <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's intense. Yes. Yes. And so just really knowing my limit, maybe for me, my limit, and, and this is actually my limit is one party per weekend. Yeah. Um, And I mean this in not just with birthday parties, but in the sense of, of everything, like what, what is my, what is, what are my limits? Because I want to be able to say I can't for those. Mm-hmm. And there's a distinction between saying um, I don't want to, or, um, because we can, right. As women, we can, and we have proven it for years. We can do whatever we want to. And that's incredible. And I'm so proud of that. But the truth is I can't do it all Mm -hmm. and still feel amazing. A hundred percent. I agree with you a hundred percent. I think that there is sort of this rhetoric or like, you can do it all. Like you can have this and be this and be this. And it's like, it's realistically, it's a no. Like you have to have some sort of, there'll be a breaking point, you know, like you have to have some sort of balance and you have to just do the best you can with the season of life that you're in, I think. Exactly. And the magic of saying I can't to certain things, right? Knowing what is your limits is that 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 really opens up space for creativity. So for example, there are, I've already mentioned my husband is an amazing cook. I cook to keep my family alive. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like there's no passion in my cooking. Yeah, And so that that's one of the things for me that if I'm already Uh, if I've had a long day and it's been busy, the last thing I want to do is cook. And so, um, I have told my husband, you know, I can't, I can't cook every day. And then I get to then lean back into the other skill we just covered, receive graciously his idea because men love to feel like heroes. They love to come up with solutions. Oh yes. Yes. Even when we don't want to. So, um, so you know, when I said to him, I can't cook every day. 
this is like all the skills here because then I I relinquish control of whatever he's going to come up with because what's on my paper, which is what within what I can control is the fact that I don't want to cook. Mm-hmm. What he does with that is his paper, right? Mm-hmm. So he said to me, okay, you know, I'll, I'll cook five days a week. You cook too. How does that sound? Perfect. Love that. That, wow, that works. That's a me. good one. Um, I told him as well, you know, I can't keep up with the laundry. That could look like so many different things. It could mean um, that he says, okay, I'll do one load of laundry a week. It could look like we get a, we hire a service. I think mm-hmm. there's services for like $15 that'll do your laundry. It's not even that much. Um, but the solution that he came up with was, um, you know, we have a little neighbor that lives next door. Why doesn't she come once a week as a mother's helper, play with the kids so that you can catch up with laundry? Perfect. That works for me. Right. It really just opened up so much space for creativity. Whereas before Natalie, I would have said, oh, my gosh, you never helped me. I can't believe I have to do this all on my own. And there would have been no creative solutions coming from anywhere. All I would have gotten from that is a Cold War or an Mm. argument. Mm. That's so interesting to shift it that way, to know what your limits are and to say, I can't. Like, I can't do this or I don't want to do X, Y, and Z. And then you just, what? You just wait for them to respond. Like that's the, that opens the creativity for them to come up with the idea. Yes. And there's, you know, there's another phrase I love to pair that with with sometimes is I'd love to borrow your brain. You know, I'm feeling overwhelmed and I just can't do this anymore. It's just kind of turns on their hero gene and brings in the <laughs> the creative solutions that but the flip good yeah the the flip to that which is actually under the same skill still is expressing desires in a way that inspires mm-hmm. so sometimes i know exactly what i want right so the i can't is more for creative solutions but if i know exactly what i want then i can express it in a way that inspires. And why does it inspire? Because there's no control in it. So the key here is to know the what, know what I want, Mm -hmm. but let go of the how and the when. That's Mm. the key. So for example, I used to be really, really stuck on wanting my husband to get a raise. Mm -hmm. But that's not very inspiring, right? Because the Mm -hmm. subtext is you're not making enough money or you're not mm-hmm. providing enough, right? It's not, it's, it's not very, yeah, it's, it's yucky. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. And yeah, I could see how that would, yes, a hundred percent. We could all see how that would make him feel. Yes. Yes, exactly. And so I, I'd, I'd really have to ask myself, well, why? And that's how I love to get to the bottom of what I want is to keep asking why, 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 Mm -hmm. until I get to what I actually want. So if I ask myself, okay, why do I want him to get a raise? Well, because I want more money, right? Of course. But Mm -hmm. why do I want more money? Well, because then I could, I don't know, treat myself to things that I want. Like what, right? Why? What do I want? I want a monthly facial. This is a true story. This is for me. (laughs) I want a monthly facial. That's actually what I want. Okay. Now that I actually know what I want, I can express a desire in a way that inspires. I can say, I would love a monthly facial. And A, either that's something I can give to myself or I can just, you know, say it to him and, um, give him the opportunity to gift me that in whatever way he wants. Right. Mm -hmm. So it all comes down to knowing that unless I know what I want, I'm probably not going to get it. Okay. Okay. That makes sense. All right. And the last one here is gratitude. Gratitude. So, you know, we hear about this all the time and I love gratitude journaling and all of that. But when it comes to my marriage, this skill has been so transformative, especially when it comes to resentment, because every time that I felt resentful, well, okay, let me back up a little bit. When I was in that rut in my marriage, like just not loving how things were going, I had a story replaying in my head. And it was not a very pretty story 
about him, about me, and about the whole situation. Mm-hmm. And this story had, I had walked through it so many times that it was a very deep path, right? It was a groove in my brain that just fired all the time. Mm-hmm. And so to rewire that, to be able to see reality, because I could no longer see the whole picture. All I could see, it was like I was looking through little pinhole glasses and just seeing what I didn't like, what was missing. I wasn't able to see anything else but that. Uh, I can, I can relate to that so much. And I, I feel like it is, it creeps slowly, like the resentment, you know, or this, and it slowly builds and builds and builds until literally you're so you're so deep into it that you do, you see only that negative story or like, that is like, what is like replaying in your brain. And it is so freaking hard to get out of that and to look at the positive and not just focus on the negative, even for me. when I know, like I read all the fucking self-help books, like I'm doing all the work, doing all the things and it's still, it is difficult. So how do you bring yourself out of that when you're so deep in that old story? Yes, exactly. It's, it's so true and it's so normal. And actually biologically we're wired that way. Our brains for survival are wired to match what our brain interprets to reality. It wants it to match. And so if we have a story in our heads, our brains will be constantly looking for evidence to make sure that it makes sense of reality. Mm. And so if I'm telling myself he's lazy, then my brain is going to be looking for evidence like a bloodhound day in and day out that he's lazy. And now that I have that story and all of that evidence, it's going to be really hard to let go of that resentment and think that he's anything besides lazy. Mm-hmm. And so gratitude is... Yeah, throw up that gratitude. <laughs> yeah, but actually it's so much more than... Um, I, okay, I had a lot of resistance to gratitude at first because I would say, okay, you're telling me that I have to do, you know, I'm I'm working myself to the bone. I'm doing all the things. I'm carrying the weight of our relationship. And now I have to be grateful. Mm-hmm. What? Right? I, there was so much resistance. But here's the truth. What I focus on increases, right? What I, where I put my energy to look for evidence, that's what I'm going to find. Mm -hmm. And in this same skill of gratitude is also uh, something that I I really love. It's it's kind of magical and really fun is the spouse fulfilling prophecy, which is essentially the same thing as a self-fulfilling prophecy. But it's the idea that if I speak something into someone that... I'll open up space for that become to become reality. And the same goes for myself. Mm-hmm. And I've experienced this in my own life. I had, when I was a, a child growing, going to school, I had one teacher that, and this was in middle school. So we would rotate classes and rotate teachers. And I remember this so well. I had one teacher that was my math teacher who would, you know, I would sit in the back and chat with my best friend. So yeah, not the best student, (laughs) but she would say to me, Laura, you're so chatty. You never pay attention. You have to pay attention. And I wouldn't pay attention. Mm -hmm. It was a self-fulfilling prophecy. And the class I had immediately after this one was literature, which I love anyways, but she would always say to me, you're so smart. I love how you wrote this essay, you know, just speaking really positive, beautiful Mm -hmm. things into me. And you better believe that I was taking notes and showing up early to her class, doing all the homeworks. Mm -hmm. And so that really contributed to my belief about myself. Mm -hmm. Where does that come into play with marriage? If I am looking over at my husband and saying, oh, he's so lazy, I am communicating that with my facial expressions, with my body language. I don't even have to say a word. Mm, Girl, (laughs) the energy in the room is felt. Yes, (laughs) Yes. I know it. I know it. 
Yes, it, it's just so I'm not an actress. It's so hard for me to hide it. <laughs> <laughs> me too. My husband dies because he we did like our human design or whatever. And for those that know what that is, I'm a generator. And so your energy is like when you're in your joy and doing what you're supposed to be doing, like you light up the world, like generators are here to like recharge and invigorate. But when you're not in your joy, it can like dampen a room and like completely bring the energy down. And my husband was like, oh my God, that is you to a T. Like if you are not happy or in a bad mood, he goes, everyone knows it. It's felt throughout the house. Like, so I get it. Yes, yes, totally. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And and the truth is we women, we really do hold so much power. We're the center of our families. We really are. You know, it's mm-hmm. not it's not just this cliche thing. We really set the tone for the culture in our in our relationships. And 100%. Yeah. And so the antidote to resentment that I found works really really powerfully, really really well is to take that complaint, whatever it is in the moment, mm-hmm. and flip it upside down. So for me, it was, he's lazy, flip it upside down. He, it would be, he contributes so much to the family mm-hmm. or he works so hard. I think that would be a better one, um, more specific, right? He works so hard and then to drop and do 10. So um, this is not drop and do 10 pushups, Natalie. <laughs> <laughs> but Even though that would improve everyone's yeah. biceps in the house, but yeah. Yes, yes. You can do 10 of those if you want to, (laughs) but drop into 10 gratitudes. So um, 10 pieces of evidence to support the opposite of the complaint. So the new spouse fulfilling prophecy that you want to experience. So I would literally write down, I'm a journaler, maybe not everyone is, but I would literally write down, he works so hard and think of 10 pieces of evidence to support that. And every single time that that story in my brain wanted to go on replay, I would stop it and say, okay, I already know that song. I'm bored of it. I don't want to hear it anymore. And I would pull out my list and read through that list and then keep growing that list every single day. Every time a new piece of evidence came up that I found, I would add it to that list until I no longer believed the complaint. And it's the truth. And not only did I not believe the complaint because now I had refocused what I was, what I was focused on, right? Mm-hmm. I had shifted my own energy, but because now I was also expressing gratitude, my energy had shifted towards him as well, right? So I was actually verbalizing what I was seeing and speaking light into him, he was so much more inspired to keep doing those things and to do them better, bigger and better. Mm-hmm. Because isn't it so much more inspiring to do something for someone that cheers and, you know, makes, um, you know, it just gets all excited when you do something for them. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I can definitely see how that would be a game changer. Like I'm just thinking about it <laughs> in my own head, like in my own relationship, I think with anybody in your life that you're having negative thoughts or resentments towards to be able to flip that and go, okay, give me 10 items of proof of that. And it really does sort of instantaneously shift your mindset around how you view them. Um, that is such good advice. Oh, I'm so, I'm so glad. And yes, you're so right. That's something that I've used in many different relationships, not just with my husband and it, yeah, it really is so powerful. So how long would you say that in your relationship, how many years or months or how, how long was it that you were feeling this sort of disconnect? Oh gosh, it's, it's a little bit hard to pinpoint because to be honest, even when we were dating, we dated for five years before we got married. Um, I had a lot of struggles within myself. I was really lacking self-confidence. I had a lot of jealousy issues. I also had anxious attachment. So for anyone who's familiar with that or not familiar, it meant that 
whenever he didn't answer a text right away or a call, I turned it into this whole story about what he, you know, thought about me or what that meant for me. Um, I was just constantly reacting, uh, turning everything he did into big, scary reactions. So Mm -hmm. I had that going on for a long time, but I'd say that it was probably about two years where I just was feeling uh, really overwhelmed and and resentful, say a couple of years. And how long doing these six steps and really working at them, would you say that you felt like there was like a really substantial shift in your marriage? Oh, that's a great question. So as soon as I started implementing these skills, and it was very imperfectly because it's a lot to apply all at once, right? Yes. So it was it was a lot. But mm-hmm. I'd say just within the first two weeks of loosely trying, I started to see the very first glimmers of, okay, this works, which is why I stuck with it, which is why I continued to dive deeper until I really mastered these skills, because I could see immediately there's something to these. Mm-hmm. You know, the first time, I remember the first time that um, one of one of the things that we used to, um, I used to get really frustrated with is that I mentioned he works nights and weekends and he would get home later than he needed to. And I knew this and um, I was a little bit psycho. I used to like walk by, (laughs) he worked at a bar Mm -hmm. to see like, what is he doing? And I would just see him like sitting, having dinner, you know, and just having a beer. He was, you know, it wasn't anything bad, but I would get so upset because I'd be like, are you serious? Like I'm waiting at home. You're just avoiding me. And he was, he was actually avoiding me because I just wanted to fight. Yeah. And, um, and I remember the first time that I just met him with gratitude instead of, you know, trying to pick something, pick a, a fight and just the, look of relief on his face I was (laughs) like okay this is working this is onto something yeah um but I would say the journey of mastering these skills um took a while I needed I needed some help frankly um yeah well I, I I think that that's good and I'm thank you for sharing that because I do think that with anything like this that there needs to be a realistic idea of how does this work? When does this work? Because it is a lot to take in at once to go, okay, I need to run through my six steps, do that. But I'm so glad that you phrased it, showing, you know, implementing them imperfectly, like doing the best that you can. And maybe you focus on one or two of them at a time or pick the one that you think would serve your relationship the most and really dive into that. Uh, I love it. I think that that's so helpful because, you know, you and I were chatting before and, you know, for those that are listening, I think it's only normal to have resentment or, or things that build that may, or maybe things you don't even talk about to your partner. They're unaware of that are sort of festering in you or whatever, whatever the case may be. I grew up in a relationship not in a relationship. I grew up seeing my mom in multiple different relationships that were very dysfunctional. And so I find myself as an adult woman, I am married, you know, the go-to for her was like, end the relationship, you know? So it was never shown to me, like, how do you work through something, you know, like, how do you do that? And I don't think we're born knowing how to do that or or equipped with all of those skills. And especially if we didn't have a model home to sort of model our own relationships off of. So I think that the work that you do is so important, which leads me to ask you how can people be supported by you or do you have things that they can get their hands on um, to dive deeper into your world? I do, Natalie. Thank you. And I just want to say too, I think it's so important what you just said, because unfortunately, I think so many of us grow up without having a healthy relationship model to us. I was 
I'm I'm one of them. I did not have a healthy relationship modeled. And so how are you to know? Right. Mm-hmm. It's 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 um yeah, it's it's unfortunate, but that's what it is, right? Marriage doesn't come with a handbook. And the beauty of being able, you know, you're someone that works so much on yourself. And, you know, I'm so grateful that I found these skills because now these are legacies we get to pass down to our children, mm-hmm. being able to model that to them. So I just love how you said that. And I love to the approach of um, taking one, you know, one thing that resonates at a time, because yes, trying to do it all at once can, can feel really overwhelming. Mm-hmm. Um, but yes, to answer your question, I have a marriage makeover bundle, which I put together. It's completely free. Uh, it includes a masterclass, which dives into, it gives a really, really great, much more in-depth introduction to the six intimacy skills, which we just introduced today. It also has a five-day step-by-step implementation plan that guides you through applying in actionable ways each of these skills so that uh, anyone who wants to try out these skills, kind of dip their toes in, can actually experiment with them, uh, with their husband or in their in their relationship, see how it feels, see how it's a fit for them, and see, um, it, like like for me, you know, I could get a sense for almost right away, yes, this, this works for me, this feels good. Um, so it's a really, really great way to really um, get on the path of having the relationship that you want to have because life's too short to have anything less than that. Yes, for sure. And I love that is a ton of content for free. So where can they grab that from you? And I will link that in the show notes. Oh, great. Okay, sure. And um, my website is com, and then it's just um, forward slash bundle. Oh, perfect. Very and I'll easy. Link, yeah. And I'll link that for you guys in the show notes. And then where can they find you online, on social media, all those things? Sure. Uh, I do. I'm on Instagram uh, underscore Laura Amador. So very easy. And I do have a free Facebook group where I go live every week with mini trainings on the different skills. I love to share fun stories from my real life because yeah, life is still happening. It's yes. a journey. And yes. um, yeah, and you know, other women um love to ask questions there as well. So uh we get into the nitty-gritty of daily life. So um I have the free faith Facebook group as well. Well, thank you so much. That was honestly so helpful. I think that's going to be, this conversation is so important. I think that a lot of us secretly are feeling these feelings or having these things come up in our marriage. And I don't know why it's so taboo to say like, I'm struggling in my marriage or I'm having a problem or I fucking resent you. Like I want, but the best thing about it is that you're showing up going, I want to fix it. Like I want it to be this free flowing and supportive partnership that, you know, what we thought we signed up for. So like, let's do the work. Like I, so I love this conversation because I think that it's important, you know, to keep the family unit together when it's appropriate to do so. So thank you so much. Oh, thank you so much, Natalie. I had so much fun chatting with you.